the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Tough year for jobs, and we've got 11 days from now. We're going to be celebrating with our family and throwing down bucks on gifts and opening them up and drinking good wine and eating turkey and ham and things like that. Today, big, 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 big post office day. I'm not sure if you know this, but today's the biggest day of the year for the post office. If you go, get ready to stand in line. Don't forget, they've shut down a couple post office locations recently, so it's going to be rough out there. Post office today says today's the busiest mailing day of the year. 830 million pieces of mail entering the system. That's up 40% from the typical day's load. Maybe today, all of today's, it's going to be one of those days where you should give your letter carrier a extra smile and say hi, because it's not going to be easy out there for those guys. They're going to be a little bit on the stress side. I don't go to post offices. I refuse. To me, going to the post office is worse than going to a hospital. You know how they say when you go to a hospital, you should wash your hands and everything because everyone there is sick and carrying germs and, and not doing too well? I feel the same way about the post office. The people in the post office, let's put it this way. I've never met a hot chick in line at the post office and go, hey, what do you do for a living? It's a lot of decrepit people who are dying and sent, going to the post office to send their hopes and dreams through the mail system. So anyway. Are you going to the post office today? I do all my shopping online, Amazon.com. I love Amazon.com. Keep in mind, I'm the lone wolf guy. I'm the guy who doesn't really like other people. I'm the guy who doesn't really trust other people. I'm the guy who who pays at the pump so he doesn't have to go in and talk to an attendant and say hi. Interesting to note. So I, I love Amazon, by the way. It's one of those sites where I trust it. That's one of the reasons why it's an investment. Because there's a certain amount of trust. If you want to pick up a CD... For instance, if you want to pick up the CD from the Corner Laughers, you can go to Amazon.com, Amazon.com. It's probably there. And if not, someone will be reselling one there. 800-345-5639. Why do I bring up the Corner Laughers? Because I'm going to be speaking with a band today at 1030. 1030 to about 1110. Should be a good long interview. We're going to also bring in a music executive to talk about the music industry. I would refer to them as a college band. I don't know if that's exactly the right phrase to throw out there, but... Well, they're not number one on the charts, and they want to be number one on the charts, so I'm going to be speaking with the Corner Laughers. If you want to check them out before I bring them on, it's cornerlaughers.com, cornerlaughers.com. I checked them out this morning, do a little show prep, make sure that I don't look like a fool, going, hey, you guys are the best thing since uh, Def Leppard, Um, because they're nothing like Def Leppard, nothing like Def Leppard. You can find out more about them at cornerlaughers.com, cornerlaughers.com. Now, couple things. I love live music, and that's one that I, I thrive on live music. There's nothing better than live jazz or live pop music or live rock music. I even like cover bands. They're so bad, sometimes they're good, right? Right? And they do the songs that you feel good about. Anyway, um, so I hit the post office. Let's talk about a frog. Why am I talking about a frog? Disney's The Princess and the Frog finished number one at the box office. 
but it takes only $25 million of our money. That's a little bit of a disappointment. Their views were strong. So it's not really a tank. The question is, how are they going to do in the coming weeks? There was also, you know, some more movies coming out down the road that are going to be something we talk about. We've got Invictus with Clint Eastwood. We've got Avatar this Friday. I may skip work and see Avatar. I, it may not happen. But part of me wants it. It's like, I don't know, Jim Cameron. Jim Cameron, does he make bad movies? I don't think he makes bad movies. And since I see, what, a movie a year? I've got some interest. Anyway, so Soft Crookly for the Frog, Disney's Princess Bride, not all that straight, all that great. Uh, the Blind Side again with Sandra Bullock roared this weekend. And again, why do I bring this up? I think it's the easiest way for me and you to talk about stocks. To say Sandra Bullock's an employee. She's a cost. And the product is blindside, and we are the consumers that consume it. So we know the CEO of Disney. We, we know all that. But anyway, um, Blindside's, by the way, Warner Brothers, so let me correct that. With Disney, we know the Princess and the Frog movie, which was one of the first hand-drawn cartoons that they've done in a long, 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 long time, going back to their old style. And we know that it's product. And uh, for instance, when you were a little boy, little girl, you probably saw a Disney film. Song of the South, zippity-doo-dah. A movie that has something to do with slavery, and Disney makes it zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. Uh, only Disney could turn such a an American black guy into a, 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 a upbeat song. Tiger Woods, I'm going to do my little tiger shtick, and then I'm going to be done. I'm not going to talk about the women that keep coming out of the, 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 the woodwork. I'm not going to talk about whether it's morally right or wrong. I'm not going to talk about how athletes get 10 phone numbers a day. I'm not going to. I'll talk about the money angle on it, though. Tiger Woods' decision to take a break from golf. It could help him rebuild his image. It could help him with his family. But it's definitely going to hurt the TV networks. Remember last week in Chevron World Challenge? It's a tournament that he founded. Ratings were down 50% year over year because he wasn't there. Down 50%. And who does this hurt? It hurts CBS. They got the most golf and they got the most to lose. CBS publicly traded company. It hurts ABC and ESPN followed by the Comcast Golf Channel. The two are six-year deals. With CBC, CBS and NBC are going to expire at 2012. So, ooh, negotiations are going to start early next year. And guess who's not going to be playing golf early next year? Tiger Woods. So, CBS and NBC are going to come into those deals with a little bit more going on. Because they know that last year when Tiger Woods missed part of the year due to a knee injury, that ratings were off 50%. Can you imagine? Golf, I mean, every golfer owes Tiger Woods debt of gratitude. Every single golfer, whether you hate his game, he brings more money to the game, and more money into the game means more prize money for you to come in 10th, 15th, 20th, 25th, 30th. So, it's pretty important. Let's talk a little bit about um, the box office. Let's go back to movies real quick. This is a good year. Weak economies end up doing good things for the movie industry. Now, you wouldn't imagine that, would you? You would imagine that Americans go, I don't have a job. I can't watch movies. I should cut off cable. I should just stay at home. But no, no. When we don't have jobs, we go, woo, let's escape. Let's go see a movie. Let's go have two hours of our life taken from us so that we can feel good. So in a weak economy, the movie industry is very, very strong. Box office sales up 10% this year. Attendance have grown about 4.5%. And eh, maybe it's the story-driven movies this year. A little bit better than some of the action-driven movies like last year. You know, you had the Fast and the Furious part, whatever. 
Um, this year, it's a little bit more story. Story. So, speaking of Hollywood and movies, I still don't have a Blu-ray disc. I still do have fungus on my foot that has now turned into an infection. So I now have a foot infection again, which at some point in time, if I don't do something, I'm going to lose my foot. Which, how great would it be to be the radio stack guy that has a peg leg? I could wear a wooden peg and come marching around the studios and scare the kids and the children. That'd be great. I got a foot infection yet again. That's my second foot infection. I'm starting to think, like, you know, your body's... I, I don't get headaches. I've never had a broken bone. Um, I could run eight-minute miles. I'm in good shape. All things are good in my life. Yay. But my feet seem to be problematic. One time I had plantar fasciitis, not in one foot, but in both feet. I remember that I used to get up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock East Coast time to work on uh, Wall Street. So you get up at 3 in the morning, and you can't walk because both your feet are, are seized up because plantar fascists. So I would actually crawl on my hands and knees to my office <laughs> until I could get my feelings in my foot. So I would wake up, this is 15 years ago, and crawl on my hands and knees to get to my office. And my Kit Kat, Kit Kat Black, would jump up on my lap. And sometimes she'd sit on top of my monitor because she thinks I'm looking at her when I'm really looking at work. Pretty cute. She probably has got radiation in the belly from it, but eh, we all got to die somehow. Why not get radiation in the belly? Anyway, um, plantar fascists. Rob Black's got bad feet. But I brought this all up in large part because of Blu-ray discs. Still don't have one. Not going to get one. Can't be convinced that I really need that much extra picture or I really need that much extra sound. But the, the movie industry is pushing it pretty hard. The plunging DVD market, now in its third year of decline, studios have resolved their next-generation DVD format almost two years ago. So when there's a format war, you know, Remember there was going to be HD VDD? And then they said, no, no, no. And that was the one Microsoft supported. And long story short, Blu-ray with Sony is the one that ultimately won out. Because there was a little bit of a battle, we didn't start adapting it a year, two years early. Now we're a little bit behind. So there's a 14% of anticipated sales of regular DVDs this year. That's half the older format. So DVD, not making significant inroads. So what are they doing to make significant inroads? They're slashing the prices. So if they can, you know, slash prices on players by a couple, you know, percentage points and they could push up the percentage points of how many movies we ultimately rent and or buy, it makes a huge difference. So Blu-ray, DVD, big story in the news. Again, not for me. Rob Black doesn't need it. Rob Black is, I've, I'm finally jaded. I don't need the new cell phone. Don't need it. I don't need the new uh, DVD player. Don't need it. I need high-speed internet. Absolutely. That's something that I can't live without. Don't know why, but I can't. It's funny because I could probably compare it to other high-speed internet speeds and, and be just as content. Anyway, um, I'm totally digressing. One last thing that I should sneak in in this segment, if I can, if I can, if I can, because I'm talking about entertainment. Um, flat panel TVs are now the same price as the tube TVs for the same size. And again, that just goes to show you, investing in technology is brutal. Average price of an LCD 32-inch TV is about $600 about half of what it was in 2006. So in three short years, a 32-inch flat panel has gone from almost 1,200 down to 600. That's brutal. It's so tough to make business, to make money in technology, because you don't have a long time to enjoy your success. Walmart's selling a 32-inch TV for 400 bucks, a 22-inch high-definition TV from RCA for 250 Manufacturers need to keep sales momentum going when people cut back their spending so they're lowering prices. You and me are winners. 
winter, winter chicken dinners, but I wouldn't invest in that area. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Got a pop band coming in in about 20 minutes. What am I going to do talking to a pop band? Well, there's a business of, of music, and we're going to talk a little bit about the business of music. There's another side of music, of using music to get men and women. But we'll, we'll, we'll barely glance on that. We'll hit the booze and the drugs and everything else. But the Corner Laughers coming in. You can find the Corner Laughers at cornerlaughers.com. Coming up on the show is, as far as the world of money goes, how about a new Toyota Prius? What's going to be in it for 2011, 2012? And where are we buying our second homes, our rental properties? I'll tell you, 800 It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show, produced by none other than Heidi Hartley. Coming up, we're gonna have a band sitting in studio, which will be kind of nice. I grew up in college, or my college years was spent every weekend going to see live music. I quickly learned that I didn't really want to do fraternity parties. Although in hindsight, maybe I should have done fraternity parties because you know what fraternity parties are all about. It's all about paying for your friendship, which I understand is controversial right there. But more importantly, it's about paying for relationships. Before there was MySpace, there was things called fraternities. And fraternities, one of them's going to end up being a lawyer, and one of them's going to end up being a doctor, and one of them's going to end up working at IBM in charge of hiring. So you join a, f- a f- fraternity, and you got access to all those people for the rest of your life. It's pretty good access. It's pretty good networking. What I tell my son slash daughter slash um, amoeba that they should join a fraternity or sorority, I would. I think it's a good idea. Not the party sorority. Maybe the service sorority. Um, but I wouldn't push it on him because I didn't do a fraternity and I don't feel like I missed out on anything other than networking. It's great networking. Anyway, now I digress. Um, 800-345-5639. So I went to a lot of live music in college. Oh, it's my shtick. I used to see a band in Charlottesville, Virginia called the Dave Matthews Band, and there was 10 people in the audience. And I got, actually got a pretty good Dave Matthews story. And I probably shouldn't tell this on the air because there's some element of slander, but um, let's just say he wanted my girlfriend and he wanted me there too. <laughs> I was like, and you know what? I regret not doing it. I could have been with a rock star. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like I froze. I panicked. Oh, good God. Or there was the time that, well, let's just say there was some white powder in the bathroom. Or there was the time that I went to see this band out of South Carolina that everyone said was a great band called Hootie and the Blowfish. And I was like, eh, they're okay. They're a little over the top. They're a little bit too hard, uh, sweet, hard and sweet uh, rock and roll. But ultimately, they ended up doing good things. There was a band called Every Day, Everything, that I was convinced was to be a big monster band and uh, have a big hit. Nope, didn't happen. There's a band that I've been seeing since uh, that, those years called They Might Be Giants, and they've gone on to have probably the best career. Sometimes you can't predict who's going to have the best career. I guess Dave Matthews had the best career because he tours as much as he does. Um, but East Coast music scene, totally different than the West Coast music scene. 
Uh, the East Coast has got major cities like within spitting distance of each other. Uh, names like Philadelphia and Baltimore and Washington, and New York and uh, Richmond, Virginia. And it's easy to bounce, you know, from club to club to club. So the music scene there is so much better than the music scene here in California. But now I totally, totally, totally digress. Um, what was the band that I was positive was going to have a hit? There was one more band that, oh, who was it? I'll think of it in a second. But they had a hit in the movie Benny in June. Oh, it was Emmett Swimming. Emmett Swimming. So they got on the soundtrack. A lot of bands try to get on soundtracks because that's your way in. That's your way in. Uh, but again, never led to long-term success. Toyota Motor. They said that they plan a widespread release of its plug-in hybrid car in 2011 as the company's scrambling to gain the upper hand in an increasingly crowded battle over its ever-changing technology. Green technology. Toyota, the world's largest automaker, they dominate the current generation gas-electric hybrids. They've refrained from rushing lower-emission cars like the plug-in hybrid market. Now, instead, Toyota's focused on plans to introduce regular hybrid technologies to all their models by 2020. Now, Toyota's rivals are surging ahead. General Motors, they got as many as 60,000 Chevy Volt hybrid plug-in this year. I'm sorry, it's late 2010. Other automakers, Ford and Volkswagen, they've announced their own plug-in models, and Nissan plans to mass-produce a fully electric car in 2010. If you were to predict, if you were to predict who would have won the next two or three years of, of, of green technology, you probably would have said Toyota because they're so far, you know, their their Priuses are everywhere, right? Toyota is now the, increasing their pace, though. Several tens of thousands plug-in versions of their Prius Hybrid. So the Prius Hybrid is going to go with a plug-in angle. It's going to be the first from Toyota. It's going to use the powerful lithium battery already in place. The car is going to travel 23 kilometers or 14.5 miles on an electric charge before the regular electric hybrid system comes in. So if you work 25 miles from the city, boom, you get there on just the electricity. If you work 30 miles from the city, boom, you get there on just five miles per hour of the hybrid, um, five miles uh, of the, you know, hybrid system that's pulling gasoline as well as electricity. So the plug-in Prius, it's going to charge in about 100 minutes, which is about half the times of comparable cars. So there's going to be some pluses and minuses. Let's go to the phones. Nick, 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 Nick. You can tell it's a Monday, can't you? I work in Clear Channel Studios. They're lovely. 9, 10 a.m., home of the Savage, home of the Whopper. What else is 9, 10 home of? We're the home of the Savage, home of the Whopper, home of the Free. What else are we home of here? Um, oh, the Monday, the Monday phone calls, where basically over the weekend we rent out, lease out our studios to some infomercials. They come in and they change all of our dials. And when they change all of our dials, nothing seems to work as it's supposed to. So maybe I should even take calls on Monday. I don't know. Nick, 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 Nick. Give the show a call back. 800-345-5639. Ah, there he is. He's ringing again. Can I just pick up the phone and talk to him off air? <laughs> that would be good radio, right? Rob takes your calls off air. Oh, maybe not so much. So let's talk second homes. Where do we, the Bay Area residents, buy second homes? The top 10 places for Bay Area residents in the third quarter of 2009 include Sacramento. Would I ever buy a home in Sacramento? There's not a chance on the planet I would buy a home in Sacramento. Second number two place, Las Vegas. And then Stockton, then Tracy. Now here's the first one that looks interesting to me. Truckee. I can get Truckee as a second home because it's close to Tahoe. I can get it. I understand that. 
Then Los Banos. I'm not sure where Los Banos is, but Truckee, the average home is $500,000. That ain't bad for a second home, except for like Sacramento is 140, Las Vegas 120. South Lake Tahoe comes in number nine on the list. I've looked at South Lake Tahoe. I'm interested. I've looked at North Lake Tahoe. I'm interested. So Bay Area real estate investors have gone on a shopping spree, snapping home, up homes in low-cost communities, hoping to become rental uh, uh, slumlords. Trust me, as a guy who's rented homes, it sucks. It's horrible. Let's go to Rick, 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 Rick Martinez. Hello, Rob. How you doing? Doing good, Rick. What's up? Hey, I got some cash. I, I got some investments. I, I want to put some cash away for uh, a little while, not lock it up for a long, long time. I do have ETFs and a 403 and a rental property. I got about fifteen grand. I laddered some CDs. They're maturing. You got any other ideas for me real quick? I don't really do a show on ideas, Rick, because what I want to do is a show on second opinions. So okay. if you were to call in, for instance, and say, I'd like a Ginny May fund, which is part of the government-sponsored uh, entity uh, where they secure the money that's going to the Fannie Mae's and Freddie Macs, and they raise money through public offerings like you and me, but the government backs up and secures it, yielding anywhere between 35 and 4.5%. You can get them at Fidelity. You can get them at Vanguard. You can get them on an ETF. I'd say that's pretty conservative and pretty safe because it's got that government-sponsoredness to it. Um, there's going to be a little bit of volatility, but you're going to get a lot better return in the short term than you would off a CD. Okay. Well, how about some OIH or QQQ or SPY? I think OIH goes down 20%. I think oil holders have a negative component tied towards commodities, and I think 2010 is going to be a stronger dollar year than 2008, well, than 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, um, and 9, where it was a weaker dollar year. So, okay, thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. He wants a home run. He wants to expose his money short-term to something that has upside, and that's not what you do with short-term. Short-term, you go super, super, uber-duper safe. Let's go to Ron in Woodland. Ron? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about Bank of America and Citigroup now that they got the government kind of going off their backs now? Um, one year, I think there's a lot of downside. Um, no, no, one year, I think there's downside. Five years, I think there's a lot of upside. I would own Bank of America for five years. I would own Wells Fargo. I would own Goldman Sachs. I would own J.P. Morgan. I'd be a little bit more cautious on Citigroup because today what they said, they're going to basically, you know, end their relationship with the government. They're going to raise a lot of money. There's not a lot of details on some of it because they got in a little bit deeper with the government, Ron, than anyone else did. They started issuing some preferred securities and some convertible securities where the United States government was going to benefit and make a big, 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 big dollar. Um, I like the whole – I like the big names, like I said. And if you own like a Wells Fargo and a Bank of America I do, and a Goldman Sachs, I do think you can own a Citigroup. I don't want you to own just Citigroup, though. I want you to mix it with some of the other ones, and I want you to say, if it goes down in one year, raise your right hand. I will buy more shares. Um, and if you can't do that, don't do it, because I think one year today, this over the weekend, we saw the 133rd bank in the United States shut down. These are small banks. These are regional banks. These are not the big banks. But there's another 120 to up to 170 more to go before the small banks, regional banks fail, and that's going to put pressure on the overall system. Um, I like Citigroup. But again, I would at four dollar at three seventy three. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes three fifty or three thirty five, and I'd want to buy more. And again, it's five to ten years. Thanks for the call eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Coming up, I have the one, the only 
Really, truly, only Corner Laughers. You can find them at cornerlaughers.com. John Cobell. I'm Ken Shampoo. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. story here. They're a local band. How I met the Corner Laughers in a cookie-odd kind of way. Um, but I love local music. I love local music. It's something I think that should be supported on each and every level. I feel like I'm a little bit too old now at times uh, because as you get a little older, 35, 45, you start having other issues in your life where you just can't get out and and hang out with a band till one o'clock in the morning. So it's a little bit more difficult. Um, but the Corner Laughers, uh, who's the lead Who's the spokesperson? Every every band has to have a leading man. Well, I'm the singer. Okay, are you? Would you say refer to yourself as the the band leader? So yeah, to speak? I guess so. Okay, I'm so the front. So her name would be Carla Kane. The real name? Real name. Carla Kane yeah. with two Ks. Two Ks. Okay, now <laughs> give me a little genesis of this band. Is it a Berkeley band? Is it a Stanford band? Is it a Marin band? Um, Angela and I grew up in Marin. That's where we met in high school. Um, now we live, some of us live in the peninsula. She lives in the city. So we kind of spread out, but roots in Marin. Okay. Little roots in the Marin. And then you, the two of you are best friends or, or something like that. And you added a couple other, other players to the band. Yep. Eventually. Okay. Where, where did you get your first gigs? Was it a high school thing? Was it cause like a high school, you could probably play coffee shops, but you kind of have to wait to college to get the local bar scene going. Yeah. We actually kind of did everything backwards because we actually wrote all the songs, released an album before we ever played a show. We were way too shy until uh, a couple of years ago, we played at the international pop overthrow festival in San Francisco. Now, what, what's that like playing a, a huge show? Is that, it's got to be the greatest thing on the planet. It's pretty much the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty fun. I'm uh, one of those people. I get to talk on radio and lots and lots of people hear me, but you don't have the instant crowd response. Like, I would love to have your job. I think that would be fantastic to be on stage and have people appreciate what I do. I, if you've ever heard me sing, um, and that was coy. Um, who just chimed in. Coy, what do you do with the band? I'm the bass player. Bass player. Now, bass player is not a sexy instrument. Yes, it is. Is it a sexy <laughs> instrument? Yeah. I believe so. Okay, his sexy. mic's not working, so you two are going to uh, double up on the mics. So, Coy was telling me that I should jump in and, and uh, sing on stage and, and get the high from that, but I'm trust me, it would do more damage than good. Um, but you're playing a show tomorrow night, Coy? Yes, uh, the Grant and Green. The Grant and Green. What's that all about? That is at the corner of Grant and Green Street. <laughs> That's pretty uh, easy, right? Beach, yeah. It's a free show. Free, free show. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that in this economy. Mm-hmm. So what time are you going to be going on? Nine-ish. Nine-ish? I think we probably go around nine. It starts at 8.30. But if you say nine-ish, that really means ten-ish. We're actually very punctual. So. <laughs> is, that, is that your whole stick of the band? <laughs> kind of. Being punctual. Now, if it's a free show, that probably means you're not raising a lot of money. It's more of about raising awareness and selling some CDs, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, down the road, the payday will come off. 
Maybe. 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 <laughs> are you looking for a payday? Are you looking to, like, I can't figure out. Are you a college band? Are you, uh, are you all working we in San Francisco? We all have day jobs. You all have day jobs. So we're in the music for the love. In the music. <laughs> Not the, the money. <laughs> Keep in mind, I told this story before he came on. I used to see Dave Matthews when there was 10 people at the bar. 10 people. And he would do crazy amounts of coke. And he would get crazier and crazier. and cra- He would bark. And now he's the number one touring band in, in the world. It's not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's put in your time and put in your effort and, and get out there and, and push and beat and uh, get a couple core fans. You got a couple core fans? We do. Yeah, so. some good fans. Uh, you, again, you said you're kind of shy. How do, you, how do you be shy in the music industry? I don't know. I think probably a lot of musicians are shy. I yeah. mean, I know a lot of them who are. <laughs> so, the music's incredibly poppy and it's incredibly catchy. You've got a website uh, called the Corner Laughers. The Corner. Uh, it's just cornerlaughers.com. Yes. Um, and you can get uh, samples. You can buy CDs. You can do all that kind of stuff. How's the internet worked for you? Because when I was your age, we didn't have MySpace. We didn't have YouTube. I couldn't check out a band before seeing them. Uh, yeah, the internet's amazing. I mean, we've gotten so many shows through MySpace. Nobody really likes MySpace. Nobody wants, you know, I don't know if they enjoy being on MySpace, but it's kind of necessary um, so many other bands meet us on there, invite us to play with them. People all over the world can buy our CD from there, play us like we were on the radio in Belgium and places like that. You were on the radio in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do you hear back about that? Um, the the DJ uh, sent us a message on MySpace about it. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it is cool. That's kind of nice. Um, every now and then um, when I have the day off, I'll get in the car with someone else and we're playing Best Of and I'll oddly enough slide it onto my show and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> so it's kind of a cool thing when you could get to say that's me. So the person who hasn't talked at all yet, Charlie. Charlie, what do you do with the band Corner Laughers? Uh, play drums. Play drums. Okay, you got good good foot pump. What what are you? <laughs> are you heavier on the sticks? Or heavier on the foot? Uh, I could be a little heavy handed, but uh, I, I use actually sticks that uh, allow me to play harder, but it doesn't come out that way. Okay. So. I'm showing you my age. Um, I grew up. I hate Neil Pert. Neil Pert from Rush. Everyone loved Neil Pert from Rush. He's the greatest guy. You can get in a drum set and play upside down. Can you get in a drum set and play upside down? I've never tried it. I would like to. Really? Now, yeah. We, I, I mean, Tommy Lee can do it, too. So, you know. Okay. Now, with that said, tell me you hate Rush. I, I, I don't. Overmodulated. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, you're not allowed to if you play the drums. It's like you get kicked out of the club. Okay, okay, okay. So you – I don't like that club anyway. So you all have day <laughs> well, that's jobs. the whole drumming club. You all have day jobs. Um, how do you go about managing? Do you have a manager or don't have the, the cash no, flow? we're unmanageable, really. <laughs> <laughs> they say the state of California is ungovernable. So. It's similar to us, yes. You can kind of say that. Um, so what do you do? Do you actively pursue it? Is it weekends? Is it, how do you stay afloat? Well, we pretty much play any show we're asked to play. Okay. Within reason. I mean, reason. you know, I mean, when you're invited to play a show, that's so nice that someone wants to hear you. So if you have time, why not? I mean, it's not a huge investment for us and it's what we love to do. So, well, it's good if it's in the Bay Area, but when it's out of town, it can be hard with having a day job. Right. So we have to come up with clever excuses and find ways <laughs> to get out of having to go to work and cover your own cost a lot of times. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. you know, being in a band at this size is not a money-making venture. So you're kind of going into it knowing that it's going to probably nine out of ten times cost you money to do stuff like that. I talked about the East Coast. I'm an East Coast person, and the East Coast embraces local bands a lot more than the West Coast does because there's a lot more cities right on top of each other. Whereas for you, there's two big cities. There's L.A., there's San Francisco, 
And then there's a lot of mid-sized cities, whereas on the East Coast, you got big cities, just, you know, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, New York, Boston, right. all within two hours of each other, ultimately, is how it plays out. So maybe would you ever move or too too ballsy of a move, too too much guts? Too cold. <laughs> too cold. <laughs> Typical Californian answer. We need to go to break here, but um, before we go to break, let's plug two shows that you got coming up. Do you, Who wants to do that? They're pointing. They, Radio is not a good pointing yeah, uh, industry. I, I would Charlie? love to plug them, but I can't remember them. So okay. I mean, okay, okay. Well, we have our show tomorrow at the Grant and Green in San Francisco. Okay. Um, what else do we have? We're going to L.A. next weekend. Ooh, L.A. That's sexy. Mm-hmm. Where are you playing in L.A.? I'm playing at a castle, actually. A real castle. A real castle. It's not like one of those like Disney castles. It's not. It's. Castle like, Lobo. It's called Castle Lobo, yes, or Lobo Castle. <laughs> oh, and so. people can find more information at your website, yes. cornerlaughers.com, cornerlaughers.com. Coming up, we'll explore the name cornerlaughers.com. We'll bring in a music executive. Maybe you can have some questions for the music executive. Maybe the music executive will have some questions for you. If listeners want to get in on it, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm speaking with the band members of the Corner Laughers. New album is Tomb of Leopards. Last album, uh, Ultraviolet Garden. Uh, did I do that backwards? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I did that backwards. Well, everyone could figure it out. In radio, just turn your dial left to right. You'll figure it out. 800-345-5639. Get your calls in there. The new album's called Ultraviolet Garden. You can find them online at cornerlaughers.com, cornerlaughers.com. I'm one of those people who cares about money and getting to retirement, but blowing off a little steam Thursday, Friday, Saturday night with local music, I dig. Um, this band, Corner Laughers Bay Area, so you can support a Bay Area band. But on top of it, it's sunshine pop. It's music that literally an eight-year-old kid could dance to, but an 88-year-old man could appreciate and say, <laughs> I, I get it, right? This is music for the ages. We hope so, yeah. Okay. Now, again, the band members I'm talking to, and this isn't great radio, but it's Angela, Charlie, Coy, and Carla in the Corner Laughers in their uh, Bay Area base. Now, you just came out with Ultraviolet Garden. How is that to go in studio? Is it is it expensive? Is it Do you work out of a home studio? Is the 21st century really helping you keep costs down? Because I remember it used to cost big bucks to make an album. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot better now. I mean, you could make an album on your iPhone and still have it sound good. Today we didn't do that, but you it's can, possible. You can do it. I can right. do it. <laughs> Keep in mind, I want your job. We went sort of the middle road of like a a person we know and are friends with, um, who has a fairly professional recording studio, but it's just out of his garage. You know, that's Angela. She plays the would it be lead guitar, uh, all guitar? guitar, all guitar. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm guitar, so uncool. I don't know. <laughs> so. Mostly rhythm, but. Now, what are you hoping for happening to this band? Are you hoping at some point in time um, someone comes up and gives you big bags of money and says, we want to play you during a Super Bowl commercial, or what's the goal? Sure. Mm-hmm. That would be acceptable. That would be nice. We too. would be willing to sell out 
You would be willing to sell out. <laughs> sure. I would sell out too for a six pack of beer, but no one's willing to offer it. <laughs> my, my, my price tag's lower than yours, I think. I think we're not supposed to say we want to sell out until someone actually makes the offer. Well, we're and on Clear Channel it. now, so... Yeah. Oh, that's true. Huh? Yep, we want to sell out big time. Offers <laughs> come raining in right now. My advice is when you leave this studio is go roam the other studios that play music because we're kind of conservative talk. So, and that's not going to get you too far. So. <laughs> um, oh, you know, um, I'll think of that story and I'll do that a little later. Um, you who's... should have us write a theme song for you. I'll, if you want to write the, the opening song, I will gladly let you do it. Okay. All right. And I'll give you props each and every day for it. Done. So. Um, I, I need one. So that's what we were thinking. Absolutely. We so. wanted to do it like in preparation for this show, but didn't have time. <laughs> Conservative talk. That's, that's the audience we want, right? That's where all the money's at. So, uh, I mean, this it's is more the people we want to appeal to. Angela's dead. We're, we're trying to do 25 to 35 year old radio. So what I do is I say, I hate old people. So the older audience, I say, I just hate them. I don't like them. They go away. And it's younger people who stay. So anyway, let's bring on, um, and it, Michael Wood, he's general manager for City Lights Entertainment, uh, general manager for City Lights Entertainment. He discovered Casey Kasem as a musician. Who would have known that Casey Kasem was ever even a musician? Oh, Casey Kasem discovered him. I got that backwards. Um, I should read this a little bit further before I actually say it. American Idol insider for Fox Television Music Industry, analyst for Canada AM. He's he's got the job. Uh, 2009 recipient of the top 50 people in the nation's capital. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you guys today? Good. Now, um, I'm going to let you talk to the band. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off mic a little bit, um, but I love local music, so I thought an interesting opportunity, maybe they can interview you a little bit. What are you looking for in local bands? What, what, what should people be doing? Um, but go ahead, everyone. Well, where do you How start? are you guys doing today? Great. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. So this... Do you guys have a question right out right of the gate, or do you want, uh, you want some advice? I'm, uh, I'm an open book for you guys today. Give us a little bit of background on you, Mike. What do you actually do day by day? Sure, that sounds great. Um, I do. I wear many, many hats in the music industry. I operate uh, City Lights Entertainment, uh, which is a company that uh, manages artists and markets artists. And we have distribution through Fontana North, which is a Canadian distribution firm owned by Universal Music Canada. And uh, exactly what we're going to do this afternoon or this morning is I'm actually a college professor as well. I teach the business of music and music marketing up in Canada. And uh, so all of that keeps me very, very busy. I used to be a touring musician. As, uh, as you said right off the top, Rob, I was discovered by Casey Kasem and uh, had a wonderful life touring and playing in a rock and roll band. And uh, any, of, any helpful advice I could pass on at this stage of the game, I'd be more than happy to do so. So where do we start? Well, you know, guys, I think if, uh, if you're looking to start, uh, from what I heard right off the top, you guys have funded your own record. That's correct? Correct. Yes. And I think that's a wonderful place to start because if you guys look at the record companies and the old record company model, it was based on basically you getting paid last at the end of the day in some ways where they would actually um, pay for your recordings and they'd pay for the studio and they'd do this and they'd do that. But that was all, always recoupable. So the artist would always have to pay that back. And you guys don't pay that back out of your retail sales price. Let's say your $10 CD, for instance. Um, you would actually pay that out of the royalty that they would give you. And, you know, sort of a standard royalty was about 10%. So if we break this down really simple, you guys would have been paying $1 off that $10 CD price. So the fact that you guys are producing your music uh, and you're fronting the cost, although it is a little expensive on the front half, you guys will make far more money on the back half. And the one thing that's really exciting about the music business right now 
is I'm sure you guys have heard right the the music business is dying and it's you know and it's really hurting when in reality the music industry for you guys right now there hasn't been a better time and I would agree that the record business is dying because if we look back and we say okay you know when I first bought Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses and I had it on vinyl when it came out on cassette I rebought that cassette again and then when it came out on CD, I bought the same record on CD. So I essentially bought the same content three times. So now with digital, as you guys know, and iTunes, you don't have to buy the content again. So in my opinion, sales have totally leveled off and normalized. And uh, there's so much more opportunity for you guys. I think you guys would have some great success with getting your music into shows like The Real World, um, you know, on, on MTV and The Hills. And there's How would you do that, Michael? Would you just send uh, MP3? and say our music would be ideal for the real world? Sure, you know, um, How do you there's, a, there's, a, sure, there's a production company out of, uh, out of California, outside the Los Angeles area, and uh, called Buna Murray, B-U-N-I-M, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. And they're, they're producing this content for networks such as MTV, and they're actually working as the music supervisors. You guys can also check out musicsupervisor.com as well, and that would be a great outlet for you guys to at least upload your music and let the music supervisors hear it. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, a lot of times the music supervisor will put a placeholder song in. Okay, and they're going to put in, let's say, all along the watchtower, and then realize, holy cow, we don't have the rights to this song, and then they find out the rights of the song are going to cost them way more than what their budget allows. So they'll actually go to sites like MusicSupervisor.com, literally type in songs that sound like all along the watchtower, and all these songs will come up for possible licensing, which n- never before, um, you know, in the last five years, would this have ever been possible. Um, and it's a great, great opportunity for you guys to maximize your exposure. Michael, what do you look for when you see new bands? What indicates that they might be the next big thing? Because I've got four band members in front of me right now, the Corner Laughers, and I think they're hip. But you <laughs> put another band in front of me, and I go, they look hip, too. Um, and I want to be hip. I want to be, I'm the, I'm the music buyer. They're the music product, so to speak. What do you look for? You know, what we're looking for, because we do, we do manage an artist. We're looking for someone with, you know, a great story. Well, for, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you need great songs. Uh, whether the music business is on an upside or a downside, it always comes back to great songs. You know, as Rob, as you know, and as, as the band members know, you know, it's almost like music are these bookmarks in our lives, these emotional, you guys are selling emotions. So you have to connect with the audience, both from your music recorded or live. Especially the live show needs to be spectacular where you really draw people in. And if we even go back in time a little bit, if you guys remember the Grateful Dead and and Fish, they have these communities. And what we really look for are bands that have these built-in communities that support them and are willing to blog about them and uh, really spread the word. Because once you already have that in place, so many other great things can open from there. So we like to see, obviously, great fan base. We like to see some numbers if that's there. But, you know, numbers at the end of the day aren't the be-all and end-all, especially if an act is starting just to break out. You know, we can uh, work in developing and marketing them in that department. How do they go about not being signed by an evil record company? Because <laughs> I know a lot of record companies will sign 10 bands, and they'll, they'll the band, the Corner Laughers, would have succeeded on their own, but... Um, the record company will will sign all ten and basically put the corner laughers down while they can promote the other band that they want to promote um, as an anti competitive me- measure. 
Sure, and you know, it's a fabulous question, Rob, because guys, you have to remember, and the analogy that I use in my class is it's a horse race. And, you know, the first two horses, first three horses out of the gate that are really um, producing, this is where the money, the time, and the resources are going to go. So, you know, with the growth of the Internet, uh, you guys in many ways don't need um, a lot of that infrastructure that came with it. And you guys can do so much more on your own. Um, if I could ask the band a question, do you guys have digital distribution? Are you guys on iTunes? We are, yeah. Fabulous. So, you know, I would make sure that everywhere, you know, whether you're using Facebook or Twitter or all artist data, artist data is a great social media or social marketing site that combines all of your different Twitters and your Facebooks. And I would just start by touring uh, and touring and touring, building that that cult following, that community that the label can't buy. A record company can't buy those die-hard cult following fans. And I would always be giving them something new. I'd always be recording, you know, a new acoustic version of the song, um, a new uh, tour-only EP, something along that lines. But I would hit the road and I would continue to tour and build it on my own. And most importantly, guys, run it as a business. We're going to pause here for a quick legal ID. 9, 10 a.m. So, Mike, Mike, are you still with us? I am, sir. Um, I'm going to give them one last chance to ask you one last question. Then I'm going to kick you off, Mike, and I'll bring you back later in the month, later in the year, sometime sure. along those lines. But sure. any last questions for I have for a me? question just out of curiosity. Do it. Uh, is the music scene or the music industry in Canada a lot different than in the States, or is it pretty much the same? You know, I, that's a fabulous question, and it's, it's funny that you asked that because as Canadians and, and as uh, musicians in Canada, everybody wants to get to the United States into this big market. Yeah, one thing you have to keep in mind with Canada is that we're the second largest landmass in the world, and you know we'll have 17-hour drives in between major metropolitan centers. Where if you guys look at you know the West Coast, you know we've got Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Jose, we've got Sacramento, we've got some big markets. The other big difference with, uh, I guess, the Canadian music scene and the American music scene is Canada really does support its arts through grants and loans. And so, you know, it does give our artists a, bitter, bit, of, a bit of a better chance. But, uh, you know, really, at the end of the day, I think you guys are in a great place to make some headway. You've got some great um, touring areas there. And I would just definitely keep plugging away at uh, building your local fan base and having it organically span out from there. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Michael Wood, City Lights Entertainment. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm sitting with the Corner Laughers, the Corner Laughers, Angela, Charlie, Coy, and Carla. Why the name Corner Laughers? <laughs> um, well, as we said, Carla and I met in high school. Uh-huh. And, you know, we'd often be, you know, we were pretty shy and unpopular <laughs> sort of kids. Oh, wait. Um, and, now, and now they're all basically pushing. <laughs> pushing envelopes for a living and right. you're, you're playing rock music. Mm-hmm. Two of you are married. Two of you are engaged. Did any of you meet your spouses through music? Uh, well, yeah. yeah, all of we, us. Okay. So that's <laughs> yeah, good. So you actually, got you something, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, corner laughers, where did that come from? So we would kind of be, you know, sitting in the back of the classroom giggling and, <laughs> you know. I don't think it's that awkward as you think it is because I play a song by the Ting Tings called My Name Is, um, what's my name? That's not my name. Um, do you know the Ting Tings? That's not my name. Yeah, I've heard that. It's it's a high school song that basically, you know, they, they call her Jane. They call her no name. They, and she goes, that's not my name. That's not. We all felt awkward in high school. Even <laughs> the jocks felt awkward in high school. 
So we're all figuring things out ever so slowly. Anyway, um, Apple iTunes, how has it been for you? Is it easy to get your stuff there? Is it easy to get paid? Is it easy for your audience to get the music? Um, has there been a good relationship there? It's definitely easy for people to get it on there. Um, it takes a few months once you try to set it up for it to actually appear on there. So it's a little slow. It takes a few months to hear about your sales each time. I don't know how often they do it. Um, they give you a report. But yeah, it's 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 amazing, really. So I can go to iTunes right now. I can get the Corner Laughers, Ultraviolet Garden, the new CD, or, yeah, we still call it CDs. <laughs> Remember, I come from a time when we had albums that you had to pick them up and flip them over to get the other side. I know you're saying you're that old. <laughs> yes, I am that old. It wasn't called a gramophone, but close. Um, Victrola. Victrola. Now you're killing me. There was a band that I used to love in college called the Two Skinny Jays, and they were out of New York. And the first time I saw them, they were all dressed as Jedi warriors. Wow. <laughs> Second time I saw them, they were all dressed as street cleaning repairmen. Third time I saw them, they were all dressed as like kung fu artists. There was a, a physical stage show that brought me back, and I paid eight bucks every time I saw them. There was a physical element of what they were doing that intrigued the hell out of me. Eye candy. And I think Mike alluded to this in the conversation is you have to put on a good show. They say Bruce Springsteen puts on a good show. Do you do anything different? Do you uh, put a lot into the show or is it all about the music or where are you at on on this argument? I think we're trying to work on that. Like we're pretty solid as far as the playing and technical side goes, although we're always rehearsing that. But sometimes we have costumes mm-hmm. on stage. And uh, <laughs> What costumes have you worn? Well, our CD release show for this album was Halloween. So we all dressed up. Nice. Uh, Charlie was Nacho Libre. <laughs> See, that's good. If you good. were to do that in, in concert, people would dig you. Mm-hmm. Because there was a guy in the Two Skinny Jays named Andy Action. And uh, I always remember Andy Action because he dressed as a rock star. And he really wasn't quite a rock star yet. But he actually, the band actually paid someone to stand behind them and smoke cigarettes. His job was to be good karma for the band. And they'd bring him up for one song and he'd shake his butt during the song. And it was it was production. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was putting the show back in Spectacle. show business. So, okay, so the new album... Ultraviolet Garden. What's what's up next? Tour a little bit, get a couple shows, keep your day job. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna go. We're going to L.A. We're gonna play in Sacramento. We'd like to get up to Portland, Seattle. Um, eventually, go to the East Coast. It's Portland difficult. would dig you. Yeah. So Portland's um, a very open, trying to make that happen. Open young music scene <laughs> in Portland. So right across the river, Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington. So you can do two shows on one weekend. So what are the day jobs? That's a good question. Charlie? Uh, I do sales for uh, tech industry in the Silicon Valley. Sales for a tech company, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that, how rock and roll is that? I should have totally lied. Oh, no, that's actually pretty good. I'm a garbage man. How about you, Coy? I <laughs> uh, work at Stanford University in a physics department. Oh, good God. Tell me you're not less. You're, are, you that, are you that smart that you work in the physics department? I, I work for the physics department. That doesn't I mean I do physics. I think he invents time travel. Yeah, (laughs) possibly. Do you know any physics theorems that you can wow our listeners, like thermodynamics? uh, No. Law number two. Uh, I don't. Okay, so I'm I'm losing interest in you. So, Coy, what do you do? What do you do for the? What do you do for the band? What do I do for the band? We've met the drummer, the guitar player, lead singer. I'm the bass player. I do most of the arrangements. Um, Plays the piano on the record. I do play the piano. I. Do you you play stand-up bass or? No. No. Because uh, it's too, too too big for me. I saw the Stray Cats once in <laughs> yeah. concert. It was the best concert I've ever seen. I snuck in. You know, in, in bars, sometimes the best, um, the only money is illegal money. Stray Cats sold out the show. 
Um, I snuck in. Um, stand-up bass is kind of fun. Who would have thought it was that much fun? Uh, Brian Setzer started humping it during the show. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever humped a, a bass? Um, yeah, not on stage, just in private. <laughs> in private. That's the correct answer. So I'm speaking with the Corner Laughers. You can find them online at cornerlaughers.com, cornerlaughers.com. Angela, Chari, Koi, Carla. Now, Angela, you're not going to get out of this. What's your day job? Um, I do medical research. Medical we research. all have the nerdiest jobs <laughs> ever. Oh. It's, uh... your, your, your day job? My day job? I work at a newspaper. I'm a journalist. Really? What newspaper? Uh, Palo Alto Weekly. Palo Alto Weekly. Okay. So... Uh, do you, uh, you still in Marin or are you down on the peninsula? I live in Redwood City. Redwood City. Nice city. Yeah. So it's kind of in the shadow of San Carlos. And... Climate best by so, government test. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> I did not know that. The things we learn. <laughs> so ultimately, what's your what's your product cycle on CDs? Uh, maybe every 18 months you're going to come out with a new one? Uh, let's see. There were three a... years between three, three years. these two. Um, I hope we will get We've the next one out sooner. On yeah. One. Yeah. So, um, but there's always delays. Delays. Just like if you have a day job and your producer also has a day job, it can take a long time to record because we just do it on weekends or, you know, weeknights whenever we have time. So it took about a year all which, in all to record that last album. Which one of you is stealthy? So I'm going to give you some advice. Carla. Carla? Okay. Carla. You're going to have to get a ninja outfit. Uh-huh. There was a band called the New Radicals many, 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 many years ago, and mm-hmm. they came out with one song that was on Party of Five, and the guy basically had enough money to retire on, off the one freaking fracking song. And what he did was, um, the lead singer, he would go, and now he produces bands. Um, he's like, one, one good album, I'm done. His name's Greg Alexander. He would sneak into music executives' offices and leave a CD on their desk. That was his marketing. That was his whole shtick. He didn't really want to tour. He didn't really want to do it the old-fashioned way, so he'd sneak in and just leave a CD there, and ultimately that got him a, a song on Party of Five. Brilliant. I, could do I that. was actually trained as a ninja, so... You were not trained as a ninja, Angela. <laughs> I'm a black belt. Are you a black belt? Mm-hmm. You could do some serious damage to me? Probably. Really? I wanted to. So. <laughs> I'm white. I'm puffy. Please, please don't hit me. So... We've got about a minute. I'm going to give you the minute. What are we going to talk about? What, what questions do you have for me, or... or... What can I do for you? You going to come to our show tomorrow? Let's see if I can commit and lie or commit and uh, make it up. Nine o'clock. Where is it? Grand North Beach. Oh, so it's in the city. Yeah. That makes, that's very difficult. I can promise I'll come to another show. So I'm a Peninsula. I'm a San Carlos person. I'll give oh. you a ride. So. Um, <laughs> We'd like to remind everyone to please come to our show tomorrow. <laughs> Rob. Okay, the, the show is <laughs> Grant and Green, Grant mm-hmm. and Green, and then a couple of weeks later, you're going to be down in L.A., Castle Lobo. Mm-hmm. So back when I was getting in the industry, I would work on Christmas and New Year's because no one else would, so I'd get on CNBC, I'd get in Bloomberg on Christmas Eve. Um, I was the guy who worked Christmas Eve. Have, have you considered doing that, working Christmas Eve and Christmas and doing holiday shows? I do actually have to work Christmas Eve at my normal job. <laughs> <laughs> so the band is, and we're going to go out with track number two, For the Sake of the Cat. What's For the Sake of the Cat about? Um... Well, it's a, just literally lyrics, literally true. So, so do you have a cat that you love? I do. I have three cats. I've got I a love cat named Kit Kat Black. Kit Kat Black, that's cute. So, Kit Kat, not like the candy bar, but just Kit Kat. That's kind of like the candy bar. Anyway, um, <laughs> come back when you have something you want to push out there. Cornerlaughers.com. It's cornerlaughers.com. It's Angela, Charlie, Coy, and Carla. Upcoming shows: Grant and Green tomorrow night about 9 p.m. And they're gonna—they say they're gonna write a theme song for the show. If they do it, I'll play it each and every day, <laughs> no doubt about it. 
It's the new album, Ultraviolet Garden. You can find it at cornerlaughers.com. Corner, as in sitting in the corner. Laughers, as in ha ha ha. Cornerlaughers.com. It's Rob Black Show. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.